Hi, I'm Neil Delstrother, and today I'm really happy to be interviewing Edison author Andrea Hahn. Andrea's recently written the, the Mood Book, which is coming out, or come out now, which identifies and explores 100 moods and emotions, and we'll obviously be talking in depth about that. But just to give a bit of background on Andrea, she's a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, intuitive healer, expert in mindfulness and cognitive behavioural therapy. She's also author of the bestseller of the Mood Cards, which um, came before, obviously, the Mood Book. She runs a successful practice in East London where her work combines Eastern philosophy with Western science and has helped hundreds of people find truth, clarity, balance, meaning, acceptance, love and happiness in their lives, which sounds like a very good thing. So, Andrea, um, I'm wondering, you know, what brought you to this? What What is your background? Hi, Neil. Hi. Um, so my background, I trained as a counsellor over 20 years ago now. Right. Um, but prior to that, I was, um, I've got a sister with severe learning disabilities. And I think as a child, I was always trying to fix her. Right. And I was actually thinking about that today, that I always try to fix her, fix her brain, fix her mind. And um, I never, I could never do that because you know of her difficulties and I think that led me to wanting to help people with problems with mind with understanding and there's there was various other um, life events that brought me to that path of becoming a counsellor yeah but I think that um, for me it's really about helping people to understand themselves and to get through difficulties and make their lives better to be the best they can be would you you say also with your with yourself I mean it's you know some helping other people like that there's a payoff for you really I guess it's helping yourself in the same way it just it for me it feels that I'm on I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing right it feels the right path for me to be a therapist because when I work it feels very natural and I I really enjoy my work and I enjoy seeing the changes in people when somebody will first come into a therapy room they normally come in because something quite bad has happened there they might have bad anxiety because of a particular situation or they might be unhappy and looking for, for change. And I just see the benefit of being able to uh, give somebody that space to talk things through, make sense of their lives. And sometimes it's just helpful to, to have the space. Other people need more specific interactions such as looking at their, the way that they, they think about life. Maybe they have a negative thought patterns so I would be using more of a CBT approach sure but I do really enjoy what I do and it just feels right for me and of course when I see people smiling and saying goodbye to me that's such a very nice feeling I feel I've done (laughs) done a good job (laughs) yes I mean I get the feeling you I mean I get the feeling from the book actually from the mood book that you know you've obviously got a lot of intuition and and at the same time a lot of practical understanding Mm. Exactly, and that's where I combine the um, philosophies of mindfulness and some of the Eastern practice with the Western science because there's not, I think you're a therapist yourself, but there's not one uh, model fits all. But ultimately, I don't really look at models of therapy. I just look at the person in front of me and I work with that person on their journey. Well, Whatever they're going through, I'm, I'm with them on that journey. And that's what really led me to uh, creating the mood cards in the first place because I was actually looking for a, a something for myself for the therapy room where I could show clients different faces to represent the moods and emotions so we could explore more each mood and emotion because sometimes people will just say, you know, I feel really bad or I'm... I'm fed up, but they don't know what they feel. 
So initially, the creating the mood cards was the idea that I wanted something for myself for the therapy room, and the idea developed, and um, over a period of time, developed into what is what then became the mood cards, which is really the therapy in a box. So. Um, the, the, car, the cards help people to engage with their own emotions and there's questions on the cards and um, positive affirmations as well to help people to move through the process of change. Yeah. Um, so with the cards, uh, the cards are, are doing very well. They're in many, many languages, I think in about 14 languages and worldwide and thousands of copies sold, which is amazing. But people were then asking me to go into more detail on the moods and emotions themselves. So that's where I realised then that I needed to offer more, um, which is how it was, you know, I thought about the book. So I'm just wondering, how would you define a mood? What would you say a mood is? Well, it's a state, it's a sort of state of uh, mind, really. I mean, a mood is more, I would describe a mood as more of, I would say an emotion is more transient and we all go through lots of emotions every day. So uh, happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, you could all feel within an hour if, you know, yeah. if, if circumstances changed for you. Right. But a mood, I would say, is more long, long term. It could, you could be stuck in a mood, so you could be fed up or depressed or you might be angry and it might be an angry mood that could go on for longer. Yes. So it's the, the mood is um, mm. something more, a bit more entrenched, really. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes, you know, the, the other thing is, it's, 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 in, it's interesting with this book, because I'm looking through it, and the initial feeling was, which, which changed very quickly, is, well, of course, you know, you sort of know these moods, and you, you know, you can sort of, you're thinking, okay, well, how are you people going to use it? And then I, then I saw that you definitely deepen the information around them, and I wonder if you could say something around that. Well, for example, with the book, I'm give, what I'm doing is I'm giving definitions of each, of each mood or emotion. Yeah. And I think that's important because sometimes people don't really know what it means or what or how they feel. And by looking through the different pages, they may recognise certain signs and symptoms in themselves, or they may have heard about a mood and emotion and think, "Is that me? Am I that?" And then by looking at the definition, for example, I'm just looking at the definition of addicted. Yeah. I used to work um, with addiction, by the way. I was. Uh, 10 years in an addiction service right okay um which was the first the first counseling work i ever did was working with addiction so defining addiction and then looking at signs and symptoms of addiction can be helpful to people to recognize yeah perhaps i have got addiction this is me you know uh, signs and symptoms i'm obsessive i'm infatuated i'm fixated i'm hooked I've, I've lost control and some of the other signs and symptoms might be anxiety depression agitation loss of appetite so by giving the signs and symptoms it can help people to recognize whether they whether that is what they're feeling or experiencing or not yes you can almost use it like a, a, a sort of mirror, I suppose, a testing mirror to see whether you have the feelings mm. that are being written about. So it's a mirror, but it's also a reference guide. So it could be that people are just are interested in different moods and emotions and, and want to know more about them. It may not be for self-help. It, it could be for interest as well. Right. But then just moving on from the from the signs and symptoms, I'm, I'm giving um, examples of different scenarios of where a person may be experiencing a certain um, feeling. So, for example, you know, talking about the fact that it's complicated and it can be relating to, it doesn't just mean that it's drugs or alcohol, it could be to food, it could be to sex, it could be to internet. There's lots of forms of addiction. So what the book aims to do is give examples of where a person might be feeling addiction. 
and also it, it looks at the type of feelings that you have around it so for um, the addiction page it's talking about cycles of addiction yes. and then it talks about the cycle of addiction running something like you know feeling normal and calm and then the internal frustration and then the obsessing and then the loss of control and then the using or abusing to the relieve the cravings or fill the gaps so it, it goes on to talk about cycles so for each mood or emotion or each of the various uh, feelings or mood disorders I give quite a lot of scenarios and examples to help people to relate to it and even if it's not for the person they may know somebody or you may because we all know people going through stuff don't we yes that may be experiencing different problems and um, hopefully it will help to give more of an explanation to what's going on yeah I mean I'm sort of fascinated by this and I completely hear what you're saying and I'm also wondering whether it points to a sort of a bit of a lack in art the way that we're brought up or something that we're not not really coherently understanding mood is mm. it is it something do you feel it's something that we sort of tends to get pushed away that we don't deal with it as such yeah I don't think people talk about emotions that much although I have to say things are a lot better with um social media with all those emojis people can yes. I'm feeling this and I'm looking like this so, yeah. <laughs> although they're not actually talking about it, it they are expressing it but then again my views on too much social media is, is a whole nother story right but um I think when people do feel bad and when people are going through stuff, especially young people, teenagers, they might not want to share how they feel with their families and with their friends. And so that's when the problems start. People start to hold in their feelings and their emotions because they don't want to burden others or they that they feel that there's something wrong with them for feeling a certain way. And that's why I'm with, with the work I'm doing, I'm trying to encourage people to feel that they can talk about mental health they can talk about their moods they can talk about their emotions and and their problems because we all struggle everybody struggles yes. life is a struggle being human is a struggle and it's okay to be in a struggle but what's not okay is to not be able to talk about it and when, when people start filling it up that's the start of mental health issues or if people aren't given the space to talk about it and I mean, classically, of course, it's that much um, more restricted for men than women in this respect, isn't it? Women have some permission to talk about, be with their emotions, whereas men traditionally, at mm. least, things like suicide rates and so on amongst men is, yeah. is, is, is high, isn't it? I, I completely agree with you. And I think especially if, if for men that have been through trauma, men that have been through traumatic incidents in childhood, for example, such as male sexual abuse, uh-huh. they find it very, very hard to talk about that type of problem that type of experience because it goes against everything that they see that a man should be so I think that by encouraging people to open up about problems not you know not necessarily that problem but any problems because if you've been through trauma in your life if you've been through difficult experiences as a child it's going to affect your experiences as an adult in terms of how you trust people how you relate to people whether you feel secure in, well, you're probably not going to feel secure in yourself. So again, it's looking at the self-esteem problems, confidence issues, feelings of worthlessness, feelings of self-deprecation, uh, um, all of this stuff. And I think it, it can be worse for men, which um, makes sense in terms of seeing that the higher suicide rates amongst men. Yes. Because I... men do find it harder to open up. Women do find it easier to open up because women are more used to talking about their moods and emotions. Yes, and it can be, men, it can be externalised more, can't it, and um, be played out in other ways. 
um, mm. which are often very destructive. Yes. But anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to make a big division between the two. If you if somebody was to come and buy this book and perhaps not not know very much at all about mood, about emotion, about themselves, how would you advise them to use it? Well, everything I do, all the work I'm putting out there is so simple to read. I, I don't like complicated. Yeah. I've never liked complicated. Even when I was a student, you know, I didn't enjoy reading long textbooks that full of psycho bang um <laughs> right. theory yeah. and research. Just like bores the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm so, up with you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, everything that I do, the work that I do, the way I work as a therapist, I'm just a down-to-earth person. And I write in very, very easy-to-read language that most, you know, most people will just be able to pick up my book and skim through it and read it and, and get what I'm talking about because I'm not writing for experts. I'm writing right. for normal people. I'm writing for people that have never even thought about moods and emotions before. I'm writing for people that are interested in moods and emotions. So that might be uh, people that are uh, doing some self-development work, or it might be uh, people that need to that want to do some self-help work and trying to help themselves. Because let's face it, counselling is so hard to come by these days yeah. that uh, it is good to think about trying to help yourself. Because if you have to wait to get an appointment for for counselling on the NHS, you might be waiting anything from three months to uh, nine months so it's important for people to take if they can to take responsibility for helping themselves to feel better and so what the 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 book does is it 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 gives the definition and the signs and symptoms so it helps people to look at what it means to feel a certain way what how it's defined and then recognizing in the signs and symptoms and then the anecdotes and the examples help people to relate to maybe their own situation or it might be someone's situation that they know about. And then there's a, a pa- paragraph on support and guidance and that bit is the advice and that's something that as a counsellor we don't give advice and I think you're a therapist as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know that you know we we don't give advice. We help people to work out the problem. So yes. this was actually was really exciting for me to be able to do this because <laughs> right. I quite yeah. often I'm dying I'm dying to give a bit of advice in therapy room to, to say oh have you thought about this or why don't you do this or that would be a great idea. I mean I do I do sort of subtly do some of that anyway. But the the, the last chapter the, the the chapter at the bottom of each page gives clear support and advice and guidance. Yeah. And this is from all of my experience of, of of knowing the kind of thing I want to say to people. I sometimes get people to work this out, say it to people, but this is a very direct advice and support for people that are going through different mental health problems or issues or even you know relationship problems as well is, is, is a big thing in the book because it's all about life's all about relationships isn't it and communication yeah. so there's some questions there's some questions at the bottom of the book to get people thinking as well because I do like to get, get people thinking and I like to challenge people on their thinking yes I found those the ones I've read really excellent the support and guidance so really and as you say very clear oh very thank easy. you yeah so really really good mm. I'm just wondering on that I'm wondering how much power do you feel <laughs> We, how much power do you feel we have over our moods and emotions? Do you do you think it's something that, that can be an act of will or how to change it? How do you feel that we can change mm. them? I, I think that it's important to accept the way we feel, to accept our moods and to accept our emotions and to accept our feelings because we have every right to feel the way we do when things go wrong or when things happen. So if you feel angry, feel angry. If you feel upset, you have a right to feel upset we all have a right to our moods and emotions so the first thing is accept how you feel right. but 
if things are going on for too long, for example, if you're holding on to resentment and anger um, and you've been holding on to something for a very long time, maybe like over something that happened a year ago and you're still angry about it. And what happens then is it, it begins to affect your life if you're holding on too long. So I think it's perfectly fine and acceptable to experience all of the feelings and emotions, but to be able to let them go and to be able to um, come to terms with situations, acceptance of other people as well. We can't change other people. So I do absolutely believe that we have the power to change the way we feel, by, and that would be by changing the way we think about the situation. So that's quite cognitive behavioural therapy there, that yeah. which you're looking at the, our thinking and, and looking at changing the thinking to yeah. the more helpful thinking. We can't change others, but we can change the way we respond, think. That's yeah. where our power lies, yeah. really, isn't That's it? That's the power that we have. That's the power we have, yeah. And to make the right choices for ourselves as well. Because quite often people feel they have no choice. They feel helpless. They feel they, they, they have to, to stay in a relationship that's not healthy for them because they don't have the confidence or belief that they can have something better. Yeah. Um, and that's what I work towards, to help people to see that they do have power and that they are worthy and they have value. And they can be assertive and it's okay to be assertive and it's okay to have your to ask for your needs to be met and if other people can't meet your needs then meet them yourself by making the right choices for yourself wow fantastic well that's fantastic and i think that's probably a really good place to <laughs> to to stop really but other than say that the the book is called the mood book and your name is andrea Hahn, which is h-a-r-r-n and i know it's available on amazon which is great is it available anywhere else mm, no it's just going to be available on amazon and people can uh, go on amazon and find it there and along with the mood cards if they haven't already got them excellent and if they want to know more about you they can go to your website obviously which is yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, my website uh, there's a there's a website for the mood cards the moodcards.com and i have a website for my therapy which is andreahan.co.uk and there are over 100 articles on both websites on many many issues many problems there is a lot on passive aggressive behavior and dysfunctional relationships as well as all, all about moods and emotions Right, that's absolutely brilliant. So, look, thank you so much, uh, Andrea. That's been really interesting. Thank you. Really enjoyed chatting. So, thanks very, very oh, much, and good luck with the book. Neil. Thank you. Yeah. All right, cheers. Then. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.